Hey everybody, it's American Whiskey Jesus, and it's time for Drink With Me, and today I am joined by King Arthur. Art, he's here again. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And we're going to drink some bourbon today. Oh, bourbon. Okay. That's right. This will be fun. Now, what's yeah. the difference between bourbon and whiskey? That's a great place to start, because right. there's a lot of confusion about this. Bourbon is a kind of whiskey. Okay. And scotch also is a kind of whiskey. Okay. Right? So people sometimes think there's scotch and there's whiskey and there's bourbon, but actually whiskey is all of that stuff. Whiskey and, or I should say, bourbon and scotch are both types of whiskey. Mind blown. There you go. It's <laughs> so simple when you really know. Yeah. Uh, but actually, the thing about bourbon, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to uh, I'm gonna tell you what we're drinking. We're drinking today the uh, Henry McKenna uh, Bottled and Bond Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And we're going to talk all about what bottled and bond means. Okay. And also, we're going to talk about something a little more controversial that uh, we'll get into later. <laughs> There's another bottle here that... We're probably not going to drink, but we are going to talk about it and some of the contrast. So anyway, this is a Henry McKenna, 10-year-old, it's 10 years old, bottled and bond bourbon, and we're going to talk about bourbon, what that is. We're going to talk about bottled and bond, what that is, and we're going to drink this whiskey. So let me, let me start opening it up. So bourbon, it, I mean, do, you th do you think of yourself as a person who likes bourbon? I know whiskey's not top of your list of drinks, but... Uh, well, you know, Jesus, I'm not much of a drinker. Yeah, uh, right. I, uh, I would say probably a more of a whiskey drinker than a bourbon drinker. Like I've had more whiskey like than bourbon. Like a scotch whiskey or a... I've had scotch. Yeah. I think I like scotch the best. Scotch the best. Okay. Well, me too. Okay. And so that's part of the reason that I wanted to do, to do a bourbon today is because I have, we've neglected bourbon a little bit. Oh, poor thing. Yes. <laughs> and bourbon is like America's whiskey. That's the thing. Bourbon is like okay. distinctly America's whiskey. So... One of the best things, one of the best moments I feel in the in the show is when we open the, the new bottles. It sounds great. Look, here we go. Ready? Oh, that's a beautiful sound. It's a good sound, isn't it? Yes, All right. sir. Okay, I'm just going to... Ooh, okay. Uh, we have in our little Glencairn tasting glasses a nice little slug of Henry McKenna 10-year-old straight bourbon whiskey bottled in bond. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to nose it for a second first. Let's kind of smell oh, Okay, do you, do you nose all liquor... Do you smell it or do you... I, I mean, with whiskey, I do because there's something to get out of it, right? I mean, some okay. stuff, you know, especially good whiskey, you, you can really kind of enjoy that the smelling part of it. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Let me know when we can drink know, it. Just... What do I think of yeah. it? Um, it smells uh, like alcohol. <laughs> I mean, it's like I, well, that, there's a good reason for that. Ah. And that's because <laughs> there's alcohol in there. As what? Matter, as a, as Are a you fact, serious? I, 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 I am serious. Yes. Ah. This is actually 100 proof, which means it's 50% alcohol. Okay, what is, just out of curiosity, yeah. what is the most proof something can be? 200. Two, so it could be 100% so alcohol. Yeah, so grain alcohol like, uh -huh. is just alcohol. Oh, I used to love that in college. <laughs> oh, man. Sure, because you could mix it with Kool-Aid. We'd do it with Hawaiian Punch. That was yeah, the right, best. Exactly. All right, so let's, let's uh, we've nosed it. We've done that. All right. All right. You know, usually we, we say the Scottish cheers, but since this is an American whiskey, I think we should say cheers. Cheers. All right, here we go. All right. You know what? That tastes. That doesn't taste as harsh as it smells. It's got a sweetness to it. Right? Yeah, like it's. It smells like it would be harsher than what it is. Well, the, when you have a, a hundred proof, is is relatively high proof for for a whiskey because um, whiskey has to be forty percent alcohol to be whiskey. If it's lower than that, it's not whiskey. Okay. 
this is 100, so this is 50% alcohol. So you can smell that, especially when you when you smell it, if you kind of really put your nose down in it, mm-hmm. you, you really, the alcohol kind of overwhelms your nose. But it is stronger. So, but, so I agree with you. Bourbon. Let's talk about bourbon. Okay. One of the main things to say about bourbon is that it is primarily made from corn as the as the grain that's in there. Okay. That is why it's sweet relative to scotch and other things. Because corn, you know, sweeter than, than barley or rye, stuff like that. Okay. Oh, by the way, feel, feel free. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I'm going for number two. I've been talking too much, so I'm still... <laughs> So, but this one actually is 75. So, in order to be bourbon, it has to be at least 51% corn. Okay. This is 75% corn. So, this is a high corn proportion of a bourbon. So. Okay. Okay. For those of you who are... And then the other thing about bourbon, there's a lot of rules. There's actually rules to for something to be bourbon as opposed to just whiskey. Okay. It has to be made in the United States. Really? So, yeah. it's like the champagne exactly. of America. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. Uh, it doesn't have to be made in Kentucky or Bourbon County or any of that. But just in it this has country. To be in the United States, yeah. Has to be um, made from at least 51% corn in the, the grain. Okay. And it has to be in um, new oak barrels that have been charred on the inside. So really? Stored in, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, what do, you call, is, what do you call bourbon that's not made in the United States? I mean, you just call it whiskey. Just call it whiskey. You, you could say, like, this is a bourbon-style, you know, uh, French whiskey or whatever. I don't know. Okay. Whatever, whatever place. Yeah, it would, it would just be whiskey. Okay. So bourbon is really more in how it's prepared than anything, it sounds y- yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the, 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 one of the biggest characteristics of it is that it's primarily corn, whereas scotch is pr- typically primarily barley. Oh, okay. Right? So corn, corn versus barley. So that's why it's sweeter than scotch. You know, if you hear pauses, it's because we're both drinking. Yes, if you hear a thud, it's because I passed out. <laughs> That's okay. That's going to be later in, in, the, in the event. Oh, give me time, Jesus. <laughs> All right, so so that's so that's bourbon. So I mean, there's a couple of other wrinkles in there, but it has to be made in the U.S. Has to be at least 51% corn, and it has to be in new charred oak barrels. So they take an oak barrel and they char the tarnation out of it with a torch. Okay, and that that enables the wood flavors to come out of it. Quick, more quickly. Okay, it, interesting. Yeah, I wonder how they figure that out. Like, did some yeah, guy right. actually like just like set a barrel on fire? Like, fuck it, I can still use right, it. Right. Yeah. Or, or I have a theory that. Oh, okay. That you know, years ago, somewhere in the you know hills of whatever place, somebody got some barrels that were damaged, mm-hmm. and they were like, you know what? I'm just gonna put my moonshine in those for a while. Okay. And then they forgot about it. Okay. And then they opened it up and they tasted it. You're like, you know, that's actually pretty good. You know what? I, isn't it amazing how things are discovered that way? Trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> I love it. No, I... Uh, I mean, think about all the people who ate things that were poison in, other, in order for us to know what's poison. <laughs> you know what? You know what? They are <laughs> the, the true heroes. They are the true <laughs> heroes. You know what? Thank you. It's like somebody... Yeah, you know... Well... I'm going off way in the weeds. So no, I'm go for it. We're, this is all about the weeds. No, well, no. I was going to start talking about shellfish. Yes. Like, if you see a lobster, like somebody, like, if you look at it, it doesn't look appetizing. That's right. But somebody decided, you know what? I'm going to eat that. I'm eating that. My guess is that was a hungry person. <laughs> I think that's probably a safe bet. <laughs> you know? You know it's like, you know, it looks it's like a, a bug. Motivator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hunger, hunger will do that. that. That'll do that. I mean, if you think about the number of things that people resorted to eating you know it, it wouldn't have been the, your first i mean so lobster is a great a great example but you know there's worse things that people have come to 
I mean, so oh, other people. So, well, Red, that's pretty much you went all the way <laughs> well, to the top of the. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know we were. Ladder. I didn't know we were going <laughs> down to increments. I, that's pretty, let's just, let's wanted, just go. We wanted to ease people into it a little bit. No, no, I'm that. delicious. I'm convinced. <laughs> I think I well, would taste. If anyone ever wanted to eat me, if we're stranded, yeah, I think I'd be tasty. I'm well marbled. I don't get that much exercise. <laughs> I think you know. You, you get you get massages frequently. I don't like that. That I might be a little tough in some I, spots. I, I think that you should start because if you find yourself in a cannibalistic type, or maybe you shouldn't. Well, yeah, that just makes yeah. it more appealing. Yeah, they, I think I'm already. They're already looking at me like a hot dog. I I, I think that hopefully, that if you're ever in a cannibalistic situation with people, they will not have heard this podcast. <laughs> Let's that's, hope. That's my hope. That's Let's my hope. hope. All right. So okay. Let's talk about. Okay, so that's bourbon. Okay. That's bourbon, and it is really America's, one of the products of the U.S. that's very distinctive to the U.S. But then you got this other thing here called Bottled and Bond. Okay. And I specifically went and found a Bottled and Bond uh, whiskey, uh, bourbon to talk about this because it's super interesting. Bottled and Bond bourbon started in the late 19th century. In fact, 1897, the Bottled and Bond law was, mm. was passed. And basically what Bottled and Bond does is it means that you have to follow a very strict set of legal guidelines to be able to say that a bourbon is bottled and bond. Okay. And in 1897, going back to the poisonings thing, people were selling anything <laughs> as whiskey. Okay. This is true. The paint thinner, they take a barrel of paint thinner and put some caramel color in it, say it was whiskey, and sell it. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? Wow. I wonder what paint thinner tastes like. I don't... Like, did somebody taste it and like, you know what, yeah. this is disgusting, or... They're like, you know what? A little crushed ice. This isn't so bad. <laughs> you, know? You, you know, I did go blind, but it, right. it was a hell of a party. It was a tasty beverage. That's, <laughs> just right. going to say it was totally worth it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the first time you drink paint thinner, you go blind. The second time, it's fine. Well, wait, you're, once you go blind, blind. what else you got to, you know, what are you afraid of? In you're, for a diamond for a dollar. Yeah, you're just I a mean, pussy at that point. Exactly. Like, oh, I can't eat paint oh, thinner. Well. <laughs> All right, so so people were, were taking anything and everything and selling it as, as whiskey. Okay. It didn't matter what it was. So the government said, all right, we'll make you a deal. If you will agree to do it in under these circumstances will reduce the tax that you pay on. You don't have to pay tax on it till it's actually in the bottle for sale, but you gotta go through these steps. So the steps are pretty much, you, you, you gotta age it for at least four years, and the okay. warehouse has to be under supervision of the like the tax authority, right? Mm -hmm. the US tax authority. So it's, it's at least four years old, and it has to be from one distiller in one distilling season. Okay. All right. So you know where it, the idea is. You know where it came from. You know how long it was there. Like you can count on it being legit bourbon. You know, in eighteen, mm -hmm. right? So that's why they. That's why they came up with this. This law. Okay. Okay. I wonder why, like four years. You know, like right. I don't like waiting like four minutes for a meal. Like I can't imagine waiting four years right. for anything. Well, I mean, of course, it does get better. But how do they figure that out? Like, I, how do you not make it and then immediately drink it? Like, how do you know? It's like, okay, in four years, this, this is going to be pretty be, good. This is going to be pretty good. And this is what we're drinking right now. The Henry McKinnon is actually a 10-year age. Yeah. It, it, and who it, back then, who knew you want to even live another 10 years? That's true. You know, it's like, I'm not going to fuck around and That's wait. True. It's like, it might be dead. <laughs> you got to drink <laughs> the stuff that they put away 10 years ago. That's, exactly. That's the thing. That's, exactly. You got to get ahead of yourself a little bit. Yeah. I, I just think there's some very forward-thinking alcohol. It is. <laughs> So this is like commitment. Right? <laughs> exactly. Commitment. You ha you have to know. It's like you to, know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So bottle and bond today, I mean, you know, we don't really worry so much about whether we're drinking paint thinner. But what I think bottled and bond does is it prevents you from being suckered in by another form of BS that I want to talk about. Okay. And I usually try not to be negative in this in this show. But there's something I'm going to be pretty negative about. Oh, no, Jesus. Don't be negative. You don't want to be negative? Well, you could be negative. I mean, you're Jesus, so you could do what you I, want. But... I, just, I, just want to, I just want to talk about the difference between something like this. By the way, the Henry McKenna is a Heaven Hill product. Heaven Hill makes Evan Williams, and there's, there's several big brands that are the Heaven Hill. Oh, okay. Uh, Evan Williams, and um, there's a few big big uh, whiskeys that people know. They don't hide it. This is made in, in Kentucky. It's, it's bourbon, it's bonded, bottle and bond, all that. I want to call attention to this bottle. Okay. Um, what we're looking at is labeled Clyde Mays Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And I don't think that Art has seen this bottle, but I want to ask him what he thinks this bottle says about this whiskey. If you were okay. to look at this, what would you think? I'm looking at the top of the label. There's a kind of an old-fashioned sort of rednecky looking dude <laughs> on it. What is this part at the top here imply to you? Was it, I guess read it. Uh, read it. Conecuh Ridge? Yeah. Uh, distillery, and I'm assuming that ALA is Alabama. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know what Conecuh means, but it doesn't sound good. <laughs> Conecuh, I think Conecuh in Alabama with a strange looking white guy smirking yeah. at the at the, at the camera. Right, right. Uh, no good can come from this. <laughs> I don't I I don't want to stick around and yeah, find that, out. That, it's just since nineteen forty six as well. Mm-hmm. So I look at the top of this. Yeah, he, you're right, he does bother me a little bit. But since nineteen forty six, Conecum Ridge Distillery, Alabama, USA. Would it say would you base based on that, would you say this product is probably made in Alabama? I would the, I would put money on at it. the Conecum Ridge Distillery. Absolutely. If I were to tell you that there's no such thing as a Conecum Ridge Distillery and this product was made in Kentucky, <laughs> what would you say in response to that? I would say that the word Conecum sounds like it's, it's it's racist for something. I I don't know what yet, but it, it it started to come into place now that you tell me it's not a real place. What, what if I were to tell you that? Since 1946, what, what does that say? The since 1946 part. What does that imply to you? <laughs> uh, a lot of lot of things happened from 1946. That's, that's true. I, is, we're not getting out of the racist territory. That Alabama <laughs> 1946. Yeah, I, uh, not? yeah. I don't imagine it being happy times for if you if you weren't a, a white guy. I mean, if you didn't look like that dude. You, you had to be that white. It, I, I think so. Alabama in, in those days. Yeah, you always hear about black people, like, you know, the light skin test. You have to, like, the paper bag test. Right, right. You have to be this light skin to be accepted. Right. I think that's the white test. It's like you have to be this douchey that, <laughs> to be considered goony, white. That goony goo-goo. Or to be considered Alabama Alabama white. 1946 white. Yes. Maybe so. <laughs> if if I were to say, I look at that and I think, you know, weird, weird, Dude aside, that makes me think maybe they've been doing this since 1946. They've been doing it for a while, yeah? That is not true. Really? Yes. Really? Okay. Yes. yes, that is not true. So what So what do they mean when they say since 1946? I don't know. <laughs> That's just a, okay. Yeah, I don't know. If you got, there's, a, there's a little under Clyde May, it says carefully crafted, Gnecum Ridge, Alabama. Okay. That makes you think it was carefully crafted and it's handwritten like someone just wrote it on the bottle, right? Right. Like they kind of went by and said, where was hey, this bottle from? Right. Oh, it's from Kaneka. Right. Somebody wrote that down. That is not 
actually what the case is. Really? This was made in Kentucky, kind of near where the Henry McKenna was made. This awesome Henry McKenna that we are drinking. Now, I wonder what makes them think, you know what? Forget the Kentucky bourbons. Or, I'm sorry, the, yeah, Kentucky bourbon whiskey. Well, this is straight bourbon whiskey. Yep. But why lie and say you're from Alabama when you're not? Yeah, so what they do is they buy straight bourbon whiskey made in Kentucky by all the rules that we discussed. So it's legitimately bourbon whiskey by all the rules. Okay. And they put it in this weird bottle in Florida. <laughs> it's bottled in Florida? Yes. Huh, wow. Which it actually says over on the, on the side here. It says... Uh, it's uh, distilled in Kentucky. It says it there in tiny print. Okay. Distilled by Conicum Ridge Distillery in Auburndale, Florida. Wow. <laughs> wow, this, this, is, uh, this feels wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. Hmm. And I want to call your attention to one more thing, which is the sort of slogan that they put on the bottle, which is, I just want you to read that. Oh, this is awesome. Say what you be, be what you say. And... Very Alabama. I mean, but also, given everything we just talked about, <laughs> right? <laughs> could they say what they be and be what they say any less than oh, they actually wow. are? That's hilarious. No, you're right. It's so weird to me. You're right. I hmm. mean, and then, now, so then we go back to Bottle and Bond. Okay. And, th- and this is why it's still important, even though we're not going to end up drinking paint thinner anymore, is we know what this product is. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So we know bottled and bond means it's uh, everything it says it is? It's, it means that the rules <coughs> of being bottled and bond are ones that we can rely on them following. So we know that it's bourbon. Okay. We know that it's aged at least four years. We know that it's from one distill. We, you know, it's it's a distiller, one one, one distiller, so an mm-hmm. actual existing distiller, unlike Conicum Ridge, whatever. Okay. And made from in one season of distilling, in government bonded warehouses for at least four years. So we actually know where it comes from and what the product is. Okay. You know what I mean? Wow, that just seems like a lot of. I wonder why all those changes. Is it money or, like, why go through, say you're from Alabama, bottle it in Florida, but you're really in Kentucky? I, I, Just curious. I mean, you know, the, and this dude, douchey-looking guy, he is uninvolved in this <laughs> Well, I mean, and, and oh, can I just ask one last question, yeah, sure, Jesus? Yeah. What, what is this since 1946? I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, is that is maybe that maybe he was born that year? That's my guess. I don't like, know. The Clyde Mays. Maybe Clyde was born in 1946. Uh, that that I mean. So I look at it as like everything on there is true. What, I'm trying to think of like an example of this in a movie or like a character or something where we're like a little kid who's like saying, "Well, I said I didn't say you know when you asked me." You know, did I hit my brother? And I said, I didn't hit that boy. I was thinking of a different boy right. that I didn't hit. Or right. Something like that, right? Like every statement on this bottle. Exactly. Except the ones they legally have to say. Exactly. Like, oh, man. Who? Well, I guess. Uh, it's troubling. Some uh, advertising genius was like, you know, all right, guys, this is the move. I know we're in Kentucky, right. but hear me out. No, they don't. They're not in Kentucky. They buy bourbon from a Kentucky distiller. Oh, right. And then they just put it in bottles in Florida but say and it's call it Alabama whiskey. Okay. All right. From a distillery that doesn't exist. Well, if people are fans, then uh, I, I guess I get it that. works. I get that. I, I, I really do. Like, if it's good, I guess it doesn't really matter. But I don't appreciate being lied to. Like no, that. I agree. I agree. I, don't, I mean, I think this is, by the way, we haven't really talked about this whiskey, but I'm really enjoying this quite a lot. And 
Oh, Art, I have something. Uh, normally, Merdina is in charge of the candy pairings. Okay. Have you, you've heard you've heard us talk about the candy yes, pairings? Yes, I have. Okay, so normally Merdina thinks of a candy that goes perfectly with the whiskey that we're drinking each week. <laughs> okay. But this week she... Oh, by the way, Merdina couldn't make it this this time because she's on her annual skydiving trip. So uh, she's, not, she's not available. So I had to do the candy Hopefully pairing. she'll be back next week. Yeah, she'll, she'll be all right. She's an expert skydiver, so it's fine. So I had to pick the candy pairings. But I, but I think you're going to like it. All right. You remember those commercials where somebody said, you got your chocolate in my peanut butter, you got your peanut butter in my chocolate? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's like the saltiness of peanut butter and the sweetness of chocolate. Okay. So, you know, bourbon is, is kind of sweet. You can taste the sweetness in it, right? Right, right. Well, maybe Reese's Pieces would be the, the ideal oh, candy pairing. That is not bad. <laughs> yeah. So that... I, want you to, I want you to taste a couple of Reese's Pieces and then have a, have a sip of our Henry McKenna bottled and boxed bourbon whiskey. Okay. Hmm. What do you think? Did I get it? I like it. Not bad. I like it. I can get used to this. Yeah, I like it. Because <laughs> you, you get that little bit of saltiness from the peanut butter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a winner. Good job. All right. All right. I filled in for Merdina. Yeah, Merdina, you can keep skydiving. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> We've, uh, we we're on top of the candy pairings. The candy pairing, at least this week, I've, I've muddled through fairly successfully. I just want to say, Clyde Mays straight bourbon whiskey, that's jive. That is some mm. jive right there. Because even if the whiskey's not bad, the whole thing is just, I just feel I'm being BSed. I agree. It, it, it feels pandering. It was pandering. You know, Clyde May from Alabama. And you yeah. know, you made this point. I hadn't quite thought of it this way. Who exactly are they pandering to? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's a door, you know, if you really go down that door, it's not great. Right? No, no. No. Because if you like whiskey, then I'd imagine you just like good whiskey. But, yeah. you know, maybe you want to separate yourself. I guess. Somebody, Clyde, <laughs> Clyde, give us a call. we got to figure this out. We, You know, we just want to know. So Clyde apparently was a bootlegger, and he did go to jail at one point. Really? Yeah. That, okay. that, that part of it's true, and they, I guess, decided to make a legend about it. But anyway, I don't really, I think we should, I don't even know what to say about Clyde Mayster. <laughs> ah, good old Clyde. Good old Clyde. You know, he was a good guy. You know, maybe he was a bootlegger. I mean, he was sure. pro- he was providing a service. That's that's true. A lot of people weren't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so he was a bootlegger. By the way, he was a bootlegger in the seventies. Why are you a bootlegger in the seventies? I don't know. How how are you? A bootlegger? I know who's buying liquor from a bootlegger in the seventies when you can just go to the liquor store. I feel like a bootlegger in the seventies is just lazy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That uh... isn't it fine. At that point, just, I don't know. I agree. I mean, I, what, he got arrested in the 70s for bootlegging, which to me is just weird. And liquor was, I would feel stupid going to jail doing something that was perfectly legal. <laughs> like, I would, like, out of all the you things. found a way. <laughs> right. Found a way to get arrested for doing legal shit. Like, right. that, uh, that doesn't happen every day. Like, getting arrested for, you know, selling sandwiches. Someone, mm-hmm. Someone's like a, a notorious sandwich seller. Right. In 2012 or something like that. You're like, how did you get in trouble for that? Right. Like, oh, yeah. Like, okay. were you wiping them on your ass? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, how, how are you on the police radar? 
right. their sandwiches. Sir. That guy, you know, his sandwiches, man. You can't, you can't allow that in this town. Because right. once you once you open the door to certain kinds of sandwiches, <laughs> it's just over. Oh yeah. Um, so <clears throat> now Henry McKenna existed as well. So they just na- it's more of a tribute that they named this. Oh, that's all that is. He sounds like a politician. Henry McKenna. Henry McKenna sounds like somebody who's knocking on my door asking for my vote. Right. You know, Clyde like, May sounds like a guy I'm calling the police on. You know, Clyde right. May is shooting meth in my driveway. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's right. Henry McKenna is cleaning Clyde out the way. Henry McKenna is going to clean the streets up of the Clyde Mays of the world. That's right. I, I think that's I think that's the right way to look at yeah, it. You know, I'm voting <laughs> McKenna in November on his no Clyde May policy. I'm a big supporter <laughs> of his anti Clyde May policy. <laughs> when we think about whiskey. People get confused about what bourbon is. They get confused about what scotch is. But we straighten that out. Okay. Whiskey doesn't have to, or bourbon doesn't have to be bottled in bond to be good. I want to, I want to say that there's a lot of good whiskey that's not bottled in bond. I just wanted to make that point because of the contrast between the sort of honesty and reliability of this, and and what's going. It's just a lot of out there. You know? No, that's interesting. I never would have paid attention to that. Yeah. So mm. I don't know why I bought the, the Clyde Mays, but I, I grabbed it off the shelf uh, one day. And then I tasted it. It was it's all right. It's fine. Okay. And then I and then I was interested in finding out you know where it came from. And so, and then the more I knew, the more you know. <laughs> right, right. The more I was pissed off at Clyde May. The other thing about bourbon is that that it's a good mixer. A lot of people use bourbon as a mixer. Bourbon goes well. I would say bourbon would go well with ginger ale and coke for example either of those probably are good mixers so if we want to do that we could do i brought some I brought okay some of that in as we do, do let's well. give it a shot i'm gonna give it a shot so here's what we, gonna, we got got a couple of cups we got some ice what do you want to do uh you know what how about we split the ice and we put one half Oops. coke we do coke with you know put your finger in there yeah, okay. we got it. all right we're, we're breaking up the ice now we don't normally do mixers on on the podcast but with bourbon because you know it's, a, it's an american drink uh we can be a little more casual uh, I think it's excellent neat, to be honest. I don't think it needs anything, but I think it could be an interesting mixer as well. I'm just drinking, Jesus. Yeah, all right. At this point, I, I, I'm enjoying it. Like, this mm-hmm. is actually is a pretty good whiskey. It's very mm-hmm. smooth. It, it, uh, it's not that strong, but it, it packs a punch. I'm, I'm uh, enjoying it. Definitely. And by the way, so Bottled and Bond has to be four years old. This one's 10 years old, and that's part of why it's a little smooth. It's, it's pretty smooth, though. It's, okay. Okay, what are you doing? Coke? I'm trying it with Coke first. Okay. I, I think that's a good move. Thoughts? Good stuff. Yeah. It's actually better. I like it. I think the ice, like bringing the temperature down, brings yeah. out the flavor a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. The sweetness. And the Coke just takes the edge off a little bit. Yeah. This is this could get me in trouble. Yeah. It'll, you drink a lot of those without realizing. Yeah. It'll, I can see how I can see how it sneaks up on you. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about, about mixers is that the next thing you know, you've, you've had, you know, four of them. <laughs> right. And you're fighting your reflection. Has I've done happened, that. Has it actually happened to you? Yeah, I got really drunk in college one time, and uh, <laughs> just once. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, just, just once, in case my children just are listening. And um, I was walking past a storefront window, mm-hmm. and there's this guy on the inside of the store looking at me, right. mocking everything I do. Like right. if I'm saying something, he's mocking what I'm saying. Right. He's mocking my movements. And so finally, I'm like, you know what? You know, cut it out. And he's like, oh, cut it out. <laughs> On a little it, delay or exactly? No, it was like exactly at the same time. It was right, like, right. it was really weird. And so I got pissed off and I punched him. Right. Only to discover that it was my reflection in the window. Right. Uh, and I cut my hand and police were called. Uh, 
So yeah, I was uh, pretty pretty. Uh, I won the fight. You, I was gonna say you did win the fight. Oh, I kicked his ass. You also lost the fight. <laughs> you both won and lost the fight. Well, you know, when you go home with your hand bandaged and stitched, you know, it, uh, it gives good you night. It gives you a moment to pause <laughs> and to realize you got to step back and think. You know, maybe I drink a little too that, much that sometimes. Might, might have been a bad set of decisions that led me. You know, that decision tree that ended at I punched a mirror. And it was a dude who looked a lot like me. Exactly. Like mocking every moment, movement that I had made. But okay, so, so when you've had too much to drink, your perceptions are a little off, right? Mm-hmm. So if you looked, if, if, if in reality you encountered a guy who looked like 90% like you and he was mocking you, that would be way more infuriating than a random person mocking you. I would, I would, you know? I can see that. Like almost exactly you, but not you, which is probably how you see it when you're drunk. Yeah, you know, it's really funny. I, I was more focused on the sound of my own voice clearly than, <laughs> um, than what I looked like. And I'm like, oh, now you're making fun of the way I talk. Oh, now you're making fun of the way I talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, this guy's got to go. <laughs> I'm going to kick his fucking ass. Well, I mean, mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, not my finest moment. So okay, so so that passed with no further incident. Have you ever had any uh, any other encounters with yourself in that way? Oh, my favorite. Years ago, I was working on a show in Michigan, and um, we got bored, and we said we're going to have a game night. Mm-hmm. And so, I know I can be obnoxious when I drink. I can be a, I can be a very obnoxious drunk. So I told my buddy George, uh, Jesus, this is a long story. So okay, I let, let's, let's go for it. Um, so I told my buddy George, like, if I get out of control, you know, if I start becoming an asshole, just pull me aside and say it's time to go home. Right. So we're playing Clue. It was a games party. So some people right. play a Scrabble. Some people play a shoot oh, and so ladder. It was like a, a multi-game. Situation. Exactly. Okay. Somebody's apartment, different stations, right, right. people playing different Yahtzee, things. Yahtzee, exactly. what, what have you. I'm playing Clue. All I remember was I thought I was very reasonable. I didn't think I was being a jerk. I called somebody a motherfucker. <laughs> But I didn't that's mean it. That's going to happen, though. Exactly. That's, it's like we're playing games. Like somebody's yeah. getting cussed out. And but so, I, someone's been killed. I, it's so cool. It's serious. Yeah. You know, the, a murder has been. Ab- murder is afoot. That's right. And uh, next thing you know, George tell, you know, taps me on my shoulder and says, you know, hey, it's time to go. And I was a little shocked. Right. You know, I didn't think I was being obnoxious, but I like, okay, I'll let's go. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So George puts my jacket on. I was hammered. And uh, I bid everyone at the party goodbye. And I take one step, uh, I go down the stairs to leave, and uh, I miss the first step, and then I go falling, tumbling down the steps oh, no. at this guy's house. So, you know, whenever you have a bad fall, you're more embar- you're more worried about being embarrassed than right. injured. So immediately I pop up, and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm good. George walks me home. We get halfway there. I realize I put on somebody else's coat, so I don't have my keys to get back in my apartment. Right, so you got to go back. Well, I'm too drunk to go back, so George decides to leave me in front of my house in the snow while he goes to get my jacket. George is a good friend. Brings me the correct jacket with my keys in it. Right. I you said you had to give up the jacket and freeze while he was doing this. Uh, he let me keep the stolen jacket until he brought the correct one. I see. Okay, that's, so, that's the way to do it. But I'm just in the middle of a snowstorm smoking a cigarette just waiting for some guy to come right. bring me a jacket. Right, right. So I, the, the last thing I remember, I, I was peeing and I was sitting in front of the toilet. I tipped over, fell into the bathtub. That was my last conscious memory. Okay. The next morning, all I heard was a woman saying, ugh. You're still drunk. Drink this. 
and I woke up and somebody handed me a glass of water and I was drinking it. And a f- after a few sips, I was like, who is this? And it right. turned out to be the waitress at Applebee's. Somehow she ended up in my house, what? in my, yeah, in my apartment. I don't know how. That's, that's service. I, she was she was very nice. That is really service. You, know, you know, that's attentive service. Thank you. Right very. She was committed. Right? Yeah. I mean, she, you know, like wanted you to have a su- successful dining experience. Had you yeah. been at Applebee's uh, recently? Yeah, in, in the town of Howell, Michigan, right. which is where I was staying, yeah. the big excitement was karaoke at Applebee's. Yeah, I, I grew up in a town like that. But we didn't really? get our Applebee's until I was in high school. So, mm. you know, the big excitement before that was nothing. Nah. Kids would, you know, I grew up in the kind of town where kids would drive to clearings. We would just, on a Friday or Saturday night, you'd just meet in a clearing somewhere. Like, a hundred kids okay. in cars would just show up there. You know? uh-huh. And then, you know, various kinds of shenanigans would ensue, you know, as you can imagine. Yeah. So. Good times. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. You know, I wish my kids would get into some shenanigans. My kids are nerds. Do they not? No, no. I've known. Uh, by the way, I've known Arthur's kids since they were babies. <laughs> since they were babies. Yeah. And they're great kids, actually. In point of fact, they're great. Kids. Yeah. You know, I just wish they would mix it up and get a little excitement, like join a gang right. or something. Right, right. Not a yeah. gang, gang, but like well, a, you know, like a West Side Story type gang where they snap, and they, <laughs> they dance, fight, and stuff like. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> they dance around and pop their fingers. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Yes. They get rumbles. <laughs> rumbles. Right. That, that's what they call the orgy. <laughs> Come on, guys. We're going to rumble. rumble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds more fun <laughs> than fighting with knives and chains. I would agree. I, I would agree. I, <laughs> you just can't sign up for those kinds of things. Those are. Well, you could. You, you probably could. I guess what I'm saying is they don't market their, their membership, they don't have membership drives. <laughs> That I'm aware of. Oh. Uh, well, I don't know. If anyone's in a gang and uh, you're recruiting people, could you... Well, you know, you, you hear about people getting sexed into gangs. You know. Do you? I, yeah, that's the okay. thing. I didn't know that. Like, there are two ways to join a gang. You can get sexed in or jumped in. And I, uh, I'm learning something. The more you know. Yeah, exa- see, I'm, I'm glad to educate <laughs> you on uh, the sexual proclivities of gangbangers. You know, not to be not to be over overly explicit, but what Please does do. that mean? What is being sexed into a gang? I can understand what being jumped in means. I I feel yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think it probably primarily applies to female gang members, oh, and yeah, that's uh, just having sex with a bunch I of male see. gang okay. members, and you know, it's like, hey, you're a crip now, right? You know, that seems more like a trick. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that seems like something that they would just. Do as a trick, you know. You know I, I, uh, uh, I would not advise that to any anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're considering joining a gang, go with the jumped in. Don't do just the sex thing. No take one's good. And by the way, they even say that they don't respect the girls who were sexed in. If you were sexed in, they don't. How do you? Respect um, you. where does this information come from? I've been unemployed for a very long time, Jesus. Yeah. So I watch a lot of television. Yeah, I mean the thing about Arthur that none of <laughs> none of you probably know, or very few of you know, is that Arthur is a man of many talents and activities. So when he says he's unemployed, he's not un- unemployed like a lot of people are. <laughs> he's unemployed in a, in a much better way. <laughs> exactly. It's it's uh, it's it's like fun employment. Yeah, it's it's shitty, but not as bad as it could be. It's 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 depression without the terror. 
you know, so. Well, right, and uh, it includes things like, you know, like writing for sitcoms and selling pilots and yeah. owning a owning owning a your own mm-hmm. you know rehab facility and things like that. So th- these are not what most people <laughs> think of as unemployment that is activities. True. That is true. Let's just say that I'm super lazy and have a lot of time on my hands, so I watch so you, tons of TV and documentaries. Uh, a lot of documentaries. Yeah. Uh, there are a few original shows on that that are, that I that I really like. Right. But I you know I like learning about stuff. So you know when it comes to a the sex lives of gangbangers, or that's, uh, that's something that you know. Or if you want to know about drug lords, uh, I'm, there's a quaint little Netflix series called Drug Lords, and uh, it's a documentary. Series? It's a documentary okay. series. All right, all right. So yeah, I watch a lot of weird stuff. Actually, I, I watched a documentary about bourbon uh, a few months back. Really? It's called Neat. Oh, on Netflix. Probably. Okay. So you could, you know, watch that. I'll check it out. And um, you know, it'll confirm some of the stuff we talked about. I don't think it covers the Clyde May shenanigans. <laughs> Right, this bastard. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think the bigger the well, the bigger thing is who would lie about being from Alabama. You know, like That's if you t- point. if you tell me you're from Alabama, I'm gonna believe you. Okay, yeah. Well, also like to right. Okay, let's take that a step further. Right. Okay. It, it's like if you said, look, I'm from like uh, I'm from New York City. I'm from the heart of the fanciest neighborhood I mean the upper west side you'd say that because it, maybe some people would be impressed by that right you say I'm from Alabama it, it's not that Alabama's bad you know, no we're both from it, the south yeah Alabama's, it, Alabama's fine. fine it's it's that you're you're making a claim that no one would challenge mm-hmm. but if you're making that claim and it's false the question to ask is why are you making that claim uh, yeah why are you you know what's behind it um, well, you're clearly you're trying to have sex with a cousin. So trying to impress one of the cousins. Trying to impress one of your cousins, and you're like, "Hey, I'm from Alabama, so let's just do this." How many cousins do you have? I have a lot of cousins. I do too. How many? How many? Like, what do you do? You know, actually, how many cousins you have? I know. I, I mean, I I really yeah. don't either. I think I have probably, I would, I probably have forty cousins. Well, I mean, are we talking like ones first I cousins. talk to? Or? No. Just oh, the, just the first actual cousins? cousins? yeah. Oh, I don't have a lot of first cousins, okay. but I have a lot of second and third cousins. Uh, no, I have almost 40 first cousins. Jesus, how big was your family? Uh, big. I mean, my mother has uh, six brothers and sisters. Oh, shit. Well, there you go. Yeah, and my father has uh, five brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. So I have a lot of first cousins, and the number of them, I don't really know. Well... My mom only has two brothers. One doesn't have kids, and the other is gay and has one kid. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, yeah, there's not like a lot of wasn't a lot of competition right, for right. Uh, grandpa's Grandma attention. Presence, yeah. <laughs> you know, from the grandparents. When I was a kid, I hear that. So let's come back to bourbon for just a few minutes because <laughs> we're getting close to the end here. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed this bourbon. This was an outstanding bourbon. I, I really enjoyed it. Also, in, I think we talked about this in Scotland. It's cold. It's damp. Every year, about it, one and a half percent of what's in a barrel of scotch evaporates away. Okay. In Kentucky, it's a lot warmer, so okay. the percentage of the what's in the barrel evaporates faster. Okay. Right. So I'm I'm not sure what the average is. It's probably several percent as opposed to one or two percent. And okay. so you don't you don't have bourbon that ages twenty years and twenty five years nearly as often as you have that same thing in Scotland because it evaporates so fast. Okay. So you don't see bourbon ages as, as fast, but I think when you have a bottle and bond bourbon that's aged 10 years, it smooths out really nicely, I think. I think this smoothed out very nicely. Yeah, this came together really nice. I, I like it. And uh, 
I appreciate the honesty of what bottled and bond really means. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know where it's like you know what you're getting. Yeah, I mean that's the uh, I mean that's the whole thing. It's like if you want to spend your money, you want to you want to you want consistency, you want to know what you're paying for. And if you're going to spend a lot of money on some, you know, some whiskey, you should be guaranteed of certain things. You know, actually that's another point that I was going to make. This is a very affordable bottle of whiskey. This is an excellent bottle of whiskey, but uh, Henry McKenna, ten-year-old um, Kentucky straight bottled and bond bourbon whiskey. This is a thirty-dollar bottle. Really? Yeah. Now, how much should I spend if I want to give a bottle of whiskey as a gift? Like, what's a like? How much would a good bottle of whiskey well, cost? Well, this is the thing. Like, so when we talk on this show, we talk a lot about we want to help people create a whiskey collection that's really good, but it doesn't have to be expensive. Because there's okay. a lot of whiskey that's more expensive than I mean, there's some great whiskey that's really expensive but there's a lot of great whiskey that's not really all that expensive so when we mm-hmm. put something on this on the list when we do a, a, a podcast about it what I'm saying is like if you want to fill out a, a, a whiskey cabinet or give a gift these are all going to be good mm-hmm. everyone that everyone that we do is good so this is a real I think this is a really good bottle of whiskey you could give it it's thirty dollars you don't have to spend a hundred dollars to get a great bottle of whiskey you don't even really have to spend 50 if you know okay. what you're looking for um, and actually, in point, I have to admit, even though I'm kind of a Scotch whiskey guy, mm-hmm. that the value when it comes to American whiskey is excellent. If you if you find a good whiskey, American whiskey actually has a lot of value. Like there's a lot of great American whiskeys that are thirty dollars, forty dollars, even less. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not just the most expensive one is the best. I I did the oh you were there. We did a tasting. You remember this? We did a tasting where I I hid the bottles. They were exactly the same, except one was 18 years old and the other one was 12 years old. Yes. You were there at this uh-huh. tasting. And half the people picked the 18-year-old and half the people picked the 12-year-old. Right. Right? And the difference in price was, they're both great whiskeys, but the, the 12-year-old bottle is probably $80, and the 18-year-old bottle, I think, was $300. Jeez. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. And they're both great bottles of whiskey, but... No, in my mind, there's no way that the 18-year-old of this particular thing, I think it was a Macallan, they're both great. Don't make any mistake. They're both excellent <laughs> whiskey. Um, there's no way that the 18-year-old whiskey is four times better than the 12-year-old whiskey. Okay. People get kind of wrapped up. And then, you know, guys especially, there's something of the ego about, like, I bought the, I bought the really expensive bottle. Well, yeah, you I know think, what I mean. Well, I think we're conditioned to believe that if we spend more money on something, then the more money we spend, the better it's got to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the whole idea of you know, like, whoa, this was inexpensive, but didn't cost that much. Seems weird, right? And I think men have that feeling more than women. Hmm. I have the theory hmm. that I have a theory that if men don't feel like they've overpaid at least a little bit, they don't feel like they've gone far enough. They like to be slightly, you know, ripped off. Hmm. That's my theory. I can, you know what, I, 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 I'm I, not mad at that. Yeah. I'm not mad at that because I think I've met more women who brag about saving Savings. money. Yes. How many you dudes know. brag about saving money? Exactly. Like, yo, this normally costs, you know, $1,500, <laughs> but I got it. heard a man say that. <laughs> no, no. No, you're right. You're right. It's like, it's usually, you know, this costs $2,000 and I'm wondering, like, why did you spend $2,000? Right, right. Whereas a woman would say, I only paid $2,000 for right. this. It's you normally 
Five thousand right. dollars. Yeah. Like part of the demise of my marriage was just because it was cheap doesn't mean we had to get it. Think of all the money we saved, Arthur. Right. It's like, oh, like I know this purse was five hundred dollars, but you know what? Normally it's like two thousand. <laughs> so that's fifteen hundred dollars you can put in the bank. Exactly. No, right. No, that's. Really uh, that that's... I, I don't know why anybody needs a five hundred dollar purse. Period. But okay. Right, right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. So yeah. this is what I'm saying. So from from my point of view, Henry McKenna. 10-year bourbon bottle and bond is an excellent value at $30. So okay. I think this is the cheapest bottle that we've done on, on a podcast. Really? I do, yes. Because, uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so you're giving your guests the good stuff. I mean, th- I feel this is this is an excellent whiskey. It just doesn't cost that much money. Okay. And that's what we're trying to do here is help people find a find whiskeys that they can enjoy. They're different, right? This is definitely a sweeter one for some people. This may be too sweet. Um but I think it's actually really tasty and uh, great with mixers. I think you've been mixing it with Coke. You've been oh, yeah. With with, uh, it's actually excellent with Coke. Excellent with Coke. We, we were going to try it with ginger ale. I didn't, but I think you should. And um, I think we've done a good job breaking down what this whiskey's all about. No, absolutely. And uh, we're almost finished with the bottle. So <laughs> <laughs> we did good. It's like halfway. We're, we, got about, we got half a bottle. I'm see, uh, clearly I'm the optimist because I'm like, oh, we're halfway done. But, you know, but good old Jesus here is like, oh, That's we're right. only halfway That's done. Right. We, we're, you know, yeah. It's half, <laughs> the bottle is half full and half empty at the same time. Once again, mind blown. Mind blown. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up. All right. Arthur, you got anything else for everybody before you... Uh, Sign off? No, I uh, hope everybody's doing well. Enjoy your whiskey, and uh, thanks for listening. All right, one last time. We're going to say cheers, not slanja. We're going to say it the American way. It's cheers. Cheers. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Now some men take delight in the drinking and the roving, but others take delight in the gambling and the smoking. But I take delight in the juice of the barley and courting pretty Jenny in the morning, bright and early. We're sharing the madu, the mada. What for the daddy all? What for the daddy all? There's whiskey in the jar. We're sharing the madu, the mada. What for the daddy-o, what for the daddy-o, there's whiskey in the jar.